When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. It is a special Tuesday edition of the show, typically we don't do a podcast on this day, but since the Bucks played on Monday night, we are going to have this show today and give more reaction and just overall thoughts about what went on when the Bucks lost 25 to 11 to the Philadelphia Eagles and also talk about the big, big game that's ahead, which is still very important for the Bucks. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, couple of hours later after the game a little more time to digest everything how is morale with the bucks a day after their first loss of the season i think it's okay you know this um you know i, I know that that the objective of of every nfl team right is is to win every week and go to the super bowl i mean you know nobody goes into the season saying hey let's Let's have a winning record and call it a day or let's make the playoffs. And, you know, maybe if we lose in the first round, OK, well, we made some progress. No, all 32 teams go into the season delusional or not. And some of these teams from the get go, like the Carolina Panthers, are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right. I mean, Fair. And they have to know that. But that still has to be the objective. I think for the Buccaneers, realistically speaking, they can think whatever they want. They can think Super Bowl aspirations. I know. Devin White has uh, had an injection of hopium, right? He thinks that this defense is going to lead the Bucks to the Super Bowl this year. It's not going to happen. It's just not. I mean, you can snip this if you want, send it to freezing cold takes. I don't care. I will bet money that the Bucks are not going to go to the Super Bowl. And if they get there, they're not going to win. Okay. And, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm being a realist about this. The expectation for this team is like nine and eight. Matt, what did you predict before the Bucks season began? I said they were going to go eight and nine. I said okay. they were going to have the exact right. same record as their season. You know what? Through three games, two and one, they're right on track. And that's yeah. not the worst thing in the world. Right. I went back and looked at my predictions. I had them two and two going into the bye week. I actually think they have a, a really good chance of winning at New Orleans. I've not been impressed by the Saints. I thought the Saints would be a little tick better than they have been. They're two and one right now. But um, this this is a hey, uh, this is a successful season if they make strides with all these young players. Yeah, they reload. They find out about a lot of talent on this team. Is Rashad White a feature back uh, type of, of runner, or is he just a guy? Can is Matt Filer still a capable left guard in the league, or is he past his prime? Is Cody Malk? the second coming of Luke Gedeke at guard, or is, is is he maybe the next Alex Kappa where he can develop into a player? Is Baker Mayfield 
going to rebounds the way Geno Smith did in Seattle and kind of have, have a rebirth as a journeyman? Or is he going to be relegated to the Andy Dalton, the Marcus Mariota, the Jameis Winston, the Mitch Trubisky, where you're a former first-round pick, but you now you're a career backup, right? That's what this year is all about. It's finding out those things and winning some games along the way. And they're, they're going to lose at San Francisco. They're going to lose at Buffalo. Get your expectations set in reality. And in, in an instance, Matt, like the game against the Saints, the game at home against the Lions, those are, are games that this team will compete and have a chance to win. And those are the games that you need to split. You need to at least go one and one, if not two, in the next two games. That's, that's, that's a realistic look at, at where this football team is from a growth, developmental, and talent standpoint. Yeah, thinking about the game this morning and obviously writing about it more, watching it more, and things like that, I actually don't feel too bad about how everything went down for the Bucs in, in last night's game. It, it wasn't a game they were expected to win, and many people thought that this could be kind of a blowout for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. So kind of like what I said before, the Bucs are right on pace for where they are going to be this season. And I think it's important for a lot of people to understand, or at least my thought process, with an overview of this Bucs team, while, yeah, they are not going to be competing for a Super Bowl this season, this was always a transition year after Tom Brady yeah. and obviously bringing in Dave Canales. But right. there are a lot of questions that this season can answer. Yes. Looking at next season and even the year after that, of, right. are there still enough pieces in place to go for the Super Bowl next season or two years right. from now? Is Todd Bowles even the coach or the right guy yes. for this job? Or should they just do a complete 180, pivot, and let's start looking at the next quarterback of the future if Baker Mayfield isn't the guy. So this yeah. season, while the Bucs may not end up winning the Super Bowl, and again, that's why maybe you play some bets, do some Peter picks and props and stuff, right. still make the season that much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, this season will be very telling, and it's still very important for the Bucs and their fan base for what the direction of this team is moving forward in 2025 and, yeah. and so on. Yeah, and, and I think too. Let's talk about the running game, right? Because I, I came out with uh, yeah. with, with the Bucks uh, mailbag today. A lot of questions about that, and we don't know the answers to some of these yet. And we don't know uh, three games in in this new offense if Rashad White is the guy or not, right? I mean, it looks right now it doesn't look like he is, but this team is not going to give up on him. Who are they going to? What are they going to do? They're going to give the ball to Keyshawn Vaughn. They're going to give it to Sean Tucker. <laughs> You know, so, it, you know, we're going to find out over the course of this season. And a good running back is only as good as his offensive line, right? It's like, yeah. you know, there, there were plenty of, of years where Barry Sanders did not have a great offensive line, but his talent was able to shine. But it was a thing where Barry would run for like 120 yards. He'd have an 80-yard run, Right. And then he'd have like 15 carries where he got minimal gain or tackled for loss, right? But he had the talent yeah. to, you know, to break an 80-yard run and make people miss and do Barry Sanders things. But he was a unique Hall of Fame caliber back. Rashad White is not that kind of guy. So uh, we'll have to see, right? We'll have to see what this running game can do. But Matt, I look at the Eagles and their front seven was as good as advertised, if not yeah. better. Uh, they they shut down the run like no other, and 
the next two games, I think, will be a better measuring stick for this running game because you've got the Saints up next yep. who, who are allowing about 99 yards per game on the ground. It's the 10th best rushing defense, but they're allowing about double the amount of yards that the Eagles allow, which is right. like 50. <laughs> um, so th- th- then after that, you've got a little bit more of a, of a challenge. We just saw over the weekend what the Detroit Lions were able to do to be John Robinson and Tyler Algier and that Falcons running game that was pretty potent the first two weeks. They completely shut it down, and then they sacked Desmond Ritter seven times. So to me, these next two games will be a better barometer of where the running game is. And the reason why I say the next two games is because here you've got a bounce-back game for the Buccaneers where this offensive line – everyone's getting, you know, the fingers pointed at them. And this is the, the, this is the, if you have pride, this is the week to show it. This is the bounce back week. If if you're any good, uh, you know, head coach said you weren't physical. Baker Mayfield said you weren't Mm -hmm. physical. This is the weekend, this Sunday to show that you're physical and that you can establish the run. And that week two with the bears, 120 yards per game or 120 yards in that game was not a fluke. Then you have a bye week, get some things corrected do some self-scouting, and then do it again against the Detroit Lions. Then we'll really see. We'll know probably the trajectory of this running game, if it's going to work over the next two games, I think, Matt, is really where this offensive line will kind of establish that identity or just you know sink to the bottom. And this is one of those times where you really miss Ryan Jensen. And it's not oh, yeah. an excuse anymore because they obviously – Played with him without him last season, and there were a lot of expectations of, uh, well, what happens if something happens to him again? And that yep. was the case. This is where you really miss Ryan Jensen's attitude. Like, is Tristan Wirfs holding everyone else accountable right, right now? I don't necessarily know. I know he's a leader on this team because he's one of the best players in football. Yeah. But I don't know if Tristan is is the rah-rah, like Warren Sapp type of guys that right. maybe this offensive line needs. That doesn't mean Tristan Wirfs is going anywhere. Like I said, he's one of the best offensive linemen in football. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty set in stone with what the offensive line has to do in order to get a better running game going. What I am really more curious about than anything else is Tampa Bay has no trust at all in anyone besides Rashad White. If you look at the snap count yeah. from yesterday, Rashad White played 91% of the snaps. Sean Tucker got four snaps if i'm not mistaken he had two rushes for one yard and Keyshawn vaughn who was finally active on game day didn't get enough so it is clearly and rashad white has struggled i mean we all watched the game we've seen the stats throughout the first three weeks Todd Bowles talked about it today how he's got to stop dancing and how he's got to hit the hole something you and i have talked about this show but they have no other options right now other than rashad white at least in the eyes of the coaching staff because they just downright refused to play Sean Tucker and Chase right. Edmonds who might be the most reliable guy right now um, is on IR for a couple of more weeks. So that's really my biggest question mm-hmm. with this running game and the usage of the running backs. But we do have a super chat from Bucks basement. Thank you so much for the four ninety nine mm-hmm. super chat who says our trenches are a cause for concern and lights drafting needs to be called out since uh, the year we won the super bowl. Most of its top picks have I'm not sure if you mean across the board or just with the offensive line. Uh, well, but also he's board, saying I mean, he's saying trenches, so I think that means defensive line too. You know, Joe Tryon, yeah, Schwinka, exactly, Logan Hall. 
Kalijah Kansi, who we haven't seen yet. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a little premature to say that they're bad. And the reason I say that is because Alex Kappa did nothing his rookie season coming out of Humboldt State. He was decent his second year. His third year, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl, that that was really the year where you know he he emerged and and played really quality football. Matter of fact, he was the only starter on that offensive line not to give up a sack during the 2020 yeah. season, and he made it all the way through until the first round of the playoffs at Washington, where he broke his ankle. So, and then of course the next year that was 2021, and then he cashed in on a big huge contract with the Bengals. So it, it takes some some time for these draft picks to develop, especially in the trenches especially when you're drafting a guy like Cody Malk from North Dakota state. He's got talent. He's got athleticism, but he does. He's not faced the level of competition. Same thing with Luke Gedeke, who actually, I think, I think we can say Luke Gedeke is a better right tackle than yeah. he was a left guard. Right. Agreed. I mean, yeah. is, is he going to be a pro bowl caliber right tackle? I don't think so, but DeMar Dotson wasn't either. And he was a 10 year starter, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I we have to hit the pause button. I know we live in a microwave on demand instant gratification world. We want every draft pick to be Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield. And the Bucks were lucky to have both of those guys in the same draft in 2020, a year that kind of lightning struck. Tom Brady came, COVID hit. Bruce Arians navigated COVID better than anybody else, just about. Yeah. Uh, this team was available. They were healthy all year. They had the Super Bowl in their own backyard. It was just a great year. And go back and watch the Super Bowl DVD, folks. But that's yeah. a couple years from now or a couple years away from now, you know. And I also just want to point out again, and John Ledger was tweeting about it last night. We talked about it on the show that the Bucs got really unlucky with the reshuffling of the offensive line. Again, Ali Marpet re retired and no yeah. one expected that. They lost um, – Kappa in free agency, yeah. and then Jensen got injured. So yeah. there was a lot of different moving parts as far as the offensive line right. goes that needed to be adjusted, and they're still adjusting to it two seasons later. And the yeah. D-line remains to be seen, especially when Kalisha Kansi comes back. We do yeah. have a, a very special super chat from MD Wag one Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. <laughs> they say, hey, PR, this is my last live podcast before getting married this weekend. Parentheses to congratulations. A fan. Appreciate all you do to make me a smarter Bucks fan. Well, MD Wag one or however you pronounce your name, I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. Congratulations to you yeah. on your marriage. Wish you a uh, a lifelong of happiness with your uh, with your new loved one. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, thanks so much for watching the show. Yep, absolutely, we appreciate it. Um, listen, we're going to find out this year about a lot of these players. We're going to find out if Logan Hall can develop. And I've already set the expectations, right, folks. This is rookie season 2.0 for him. Whether you want to hear it or not, that's a fact. He didn't, he was not a starter last year. He did not get enough reps last year, right? The Buccaneers, mm -hmm. they had Tom Brady back. They brought in Akeem Hicks. That didn't work out. Like a lot of the free agent picks didn't work out. Um, I'm going to trust Jason Light with the offensive line because I think he's he knows offensive line and he's built a Super Bowl caliber offensive line before he's trying to do it again. And we'll see if these guys pan out. Um, the one position I have been hypercritical about this, and I've written about it on pewterreport.com ad nauseum, and I've even said it to Jason's face, his, his weakness, his kryptonite, is the running back position. He has not done a good job of getting running backs, whether it's drafting Ronald Jones or drafting uh, Charles Sims with his first draft uh, in the third round, Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round, Rashad White. 
has not shown anything in terms of being a special running back as of yet. Um, they, they kind of lucked into Leonard Fournette, right, getting cut right before the start of the season, but he wasn't signed to be a starter. He was signed to be a backup to Ronald Jones, you know. Yeah. Um, re-signing Doug Martin, which he almost kind of had to do because he had a 1,400-yard season, and this was Dirk Cutter's first year as a head coach after becoming the offensive coordinator, you know, and and uh, he's just not had a, a good run at all at running backs. And, and uh, you know, I was a huge uh, Tyler Algier fan last year. I, he was the guy yeah. that I was really kind of enamored with. Uh, Pierce out of Florida was another guy. It's not that I didn't like Rashad White, but there were some other backs out there that, that, that I liked. I liked Kareem Hunt in 2017. Um, not to say that that was a, would have been a better pick than Godwin because Godwin's actually been a phenomenal player. Although, has anyone yeah. seen Chris Godwin lately? <laughs> I mean, it's no, great that I... Mike's getting all these touchdowns and targets and catches, but, I mean, have we seen Chris Godwin? How's Chris doing? Chris Godwin – What's frustrating is I don't even think it's all on Chris. Like, I wish Dave Canales would scheme a couple more things for Chris Godwin. Yeah. His statement play this season so far was making that catch at the end of the Vikings game to close it out and get the win. And that was a great catch. But right. I mean, Chris Godwin is a $20 million per year receiver. Yeah. And you're giving him that type of money. You can't 13 catches, Matt. 13 catches, 141 yards, averaging 10.8 yards per catch in three games. You you can't be getting that type of pedestrian numbers from him. They keep running the same. I, I, I can almost guarantee they're going to do it again this week. Every time they get their first first down of the game, they like run it once or twice. So they have two plays where they set themselves up with like a yeah. third and five. And Godwin just does like quick little like button hook or an out route to the sideline. And Baker right. hits wide open for the first yeah. first down every single time. And then you think, oh, all right, they're getting Chris Godwin mm-hmm. going. He's going to be involved in the game. And then – he makes a play here or there, but he has not been involved in this offense at all. Right. You know what? They really could have used him last night when Mike Evans was having all of his drops in, in the first half, and he was yeah. just nowhere to be found. But let's get back to some of these super chats that we got to yeah. get to. We have one from Robbie Leary. Thank you for the 999 super chat who says, love the pod. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. One, so sad to see Ray J being filled in Kelly Green with the 2-0 yeah. team at home. Two, can't understand for the life of me why Keith Armstrong is still the special teams coordinator. All right. I'll address the first one. I think Matt, you know, the answer to the second one, but uh, the first one, listen, Buccaneer fans made a business decision last night. Okay. I think most of you Bucks fans, most of you, Peter people, you realize that your team wasn't going to win last night. Right. I mean, this is, we're talking the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, right. Off, off a 10 day rest. Again, nobody in the Pewter Report staff picked the Bucks to beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest spread was like seven points, and then it was double digits for others. Um, I, I've heard that, that lower bowl seats were fetching close to $400 per ticket. Um, in this economy with inflation, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not make some business decisions? It, I'm not encouraging it, but I don't, I don't blame people for doing that. The other thing, too, is let, let's be real here, and I'm going to try to keep this uh, PG-13. Eagles fans are a-holes, absolute a-holes. They're rude. They're obnoxious. And, and now that they're winning, they're even more rude and obnoxious. And, and I actually had some conversations with some Bucks fans that, that said that they had a horrible time at the game last night because of how rude and obnoxious these fans were. So 
why would you want to go to your season ticket seat, sit next to Eagles fans because the people who, who were sitting next to you sold their tickets to Eagles fans to watch the game that you watched, only to regret not cashing in and maybe paying for half of your season tickets with, with one resale? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really fair point. Um, I don't like Philly fans either, whether it's in the NFL or all the other uh, major sports out there. Yeah. And, you know, the weather wasn't ideal last night either. It was yeah. raining a, a couple of different times. And let's also face it, the Bucks playing in Tampa, Florida, is an attractive place for road teams to say, hey, let's go travel and visit our teams. That's right. And, and I think typically teams from the Northeast travel well. You see it with the Giants. You see mm-hmm. it with some of the other teams out there. Um, so, yeah, it was in an odd way just a, the, the perfect storm, but in, in the wrong way for the Bucs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you don't like to see it, right? I mean, we were there. We're sitting in the press box, Matt. We said, this is what, 60-40 Eagles fans? We said 60-40 Eagles. Yeah. 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 And, and that's probably what it was. And, and you know, you don't want to see it, but I can't blame Bucks fans for not wanting to be in that environment and and having the chance to really make some money. It's, it's not like they're getting face value for these tickets. They're getting buku yeah. bucks from right. Eagles fans flying down from Philly or from the transplant fans that are here from Philly that will pay top dollar for those seats to watch their, you know, almost a Super Bowl champion team um, in, in person. You know, the yeah. second part here, can't understand for the life of me why Keith Armstrong is still special teams coordinator. It's, it's a domino effect. I mean, you know, J.J. Russell was brought up from the practice squad last night. Yeah. Zion McCollum was playing defense, not as a gunner on special teams, right? When you have injuries, you get the domino effect, and special teams always suffers as a result. And, you know, I asked Todd Bowles if Jake Kamada, like, outkicked his coverage. He said that, no, we want Kamada to boot it like that. But I don't know if – if, if I mean, giving it was a scorching line drive, I watched that yeah. kick again. It was a scorching <laughs> yeah. line drive. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that you want to to give uh, a return guy ten yards uh, free to run and find his hole and set up blocks. I, I don't think that that serves you well. I think a fifty-five yard punt rather than a seventy-three yard punt probably would have been a wow punt yeah. and probably had less of a return. You know, Scott, uh, I do want to get to this. Super chat from Les Evans, but I also think this is a solid topic um, to discuss a little bit further. I know it's a Tuesday show, but we said we yeah. were going to do this on last uh, on last night's episode. That's right. For we, today's that's right. show, we're, we're a couple minutes late, but it is roll call, baby. We love doing roll call every single week with the Peter people. Typically, we do it on Monday, but with the Bucks playing on Monday, we're going to do it today on a special Tuesday edition. So I'm going to answer the super chat from Les about. Uh, the Bucks and they're not having a quick start and just being a little bit off on a couple of things. And in the meantime, if you can please start putting in the comments where you are watching from, whether it's in Florida, the U.S., international, wherever you want, Scott will start putting that up on the screen yep. as I begin to answer Les's uh, $10 Super Chat. So thank you very much, Les, who says, uh, thank you for the $10 Super Chat, who says, Baker said the team has to start faster. Tompkins started fast and was wide open, and Baker overthrew what looked like a sure touchdown. Baker's accuracy was off all night. So the part I want to address, I mean, I'll I'll talk about it all, but the part I wanted to address really was um, the Devin Tompkins play specifically. 
because I, I know it wasn't ideal for Bucks fans last night, but there were a couple of moments where if this bounces their, their way or if they got this by an inch, things could have been way, way different. And I think it started with that Devin Tompkins play. Because remember, the Bucks mm-hmm. got the ball first. They got that first first down yep. and the quick pass, Chris Godwin, like I just talked about. And then they went with the with the big play to Devin Tompkins. Yeah. And it just missed Devin mm-hmm. Tompkins by a little bit. I don't know necessarily if he would have scored a touchdown on it. Maybe if he yep. caught it in stride, he absolutely would have. But even if he dives, makes that catch, Bucks are over midfield, getting into field goal range. And then on third down, on that same drive, they they ran it on second down. Yeah. Then they threw it to Mike Evans. Mike was open. He dropped it. They had to punt. Then the Eagles got the ball. So that's one of those instances where – Things go the Bucs way. Maybe the momentum changes a little bit. Yeah. Mike Evans dropped that ball in the end zone. That obviously changes a lot of things. That makes it 7-3 versus 3-3. Jamel Dean came within inches of intercepting Mm -hmm. the football, which, by the way, at least knocking it down, you know? (laughs) Yeah, or knock it down. There also wasn't the holding penalty called on Greg Gaines, which would have negated uh, the big play as well. Yeah. So while there were things to be frustrated about, there were many moments in that game. D. Delaney intercepting the ball at the one-yard line and yeah. not in the end zone, which that's not right. on D. Delaney. It was an incredible yep. play. And then immediately getting the safety right after. So many little instances of that game, as Kelly says, I was begging the yeah. Bucks not to run from the one-yard line. I was forecasting a safety. All three of us in, in the, the Peter Report section yeah. in the press box said the exact same thing. We're like, cue the safety. Here it comes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just... So my, my point yeah. is, while, yeah, Things did not look great for the Bucks in that game. There's still it, it really was a game of inches, I yeah. think, to a lot of certain degrees in certain areas of that game. Do the Bucs need to start faster? Absolutely. They started slow in Minnesota. They started slow last night. Uh, I think that's going to be a point of emphasis, especially yep. for the offense this week. Baker, a little bit inaccurate. I think he also... Should have got rid of the ball. Um, The first time he got sacked, he had a lane to run. He could have ran. He could have dumped it off to Kate Otten, who was open on the play. So Baker, a little bit with the indecisiveness, I didn't absolutely love. But there's no question about it. This team has to start out faster next week, especially a really tough environment for them in recent seasons um, going to New Orleans. Not going to be easy. Regardless of who's playing quarterback for New Orleans, that defense still gives the Bucs troubles a ton. You're exactly right. We have uh, some more super chats to get to, yeah. so we appreciate that. Um, uh, we got uh, Hezo eight one three. Just want to shout out Matt for getting my pockets fatter. His picks, his picks have been money. Keep them coming. That is Maddie Diamonds, folks. There he Maddie is. Maddie Diamonds. Hezo eight one three. Thank you so much for the super yep. chat. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot lose when picking the Buccaneers. Simply put, I am the best. Bucks picker in Tampa Bay right now. That's right. Six and oh yep. with the spread and the over under. You may not like that. I picked the Eagles minus five, yep. but I was right. That's Undefeated. Right. I don't plan on losing anytime soon. So pay attention <laughs> Love it. to Peter picks and props. Also went three and one with my player props, which included higher than the amount of uh, rushing attempts for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Lower than the amount of rushing yards for um, Rashad White and over one and a half field goals for Jake Elliott. I didn't hit the Chris Godwin catches. Cause silly me. I thought the Bucks would actually get Chris Godwin involved, but he's 0813. Thank you so much for the, uh, for the kind words and for the super chat. Before we get to our next super chat, and you guys are being yep. so awesome with these super chats. We got to talk about an awesome product that we love we do. very, yep. very much. And that is Celsius energy drinks. 
the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Get their newest flavor, the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. Can't go wrong with any of their flavors, though, whether that's the sparkling lemon lime, the Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. The grape is awesome, and strawberry lemonade is heavily in my rotation. Don't forget about that Oasis Vibe either. There is uh, no sugar, no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So if you need to pick one up and you don't know where to find one, that's okay. Just go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it will tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be anywhere, your local convenience store, Walmart, a Target, health and fitness store, or a bodega. Bodega. And after you know that you love Celsius, after you keep going to those bodegas, you want to start getting them in bulk, we got you there too. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, you control it. I would recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You heard me talk about all the awesome flavors that they have. As uh, Buck Daddy says, Matt Bodega likes to brag about himself. <laughs> what do you do? Hey, I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated. Right. You know what? I'm taking a little bit of the Deion Sanders approach. I know he got whooped last week, but yep. if I'm winning, I'm going to tell you about it because I want the pewter people to know about it because I want the pewter people to win money with me. That's, That's why right. I'm saying it so much. It's yep. a good promo for the show. But back to Celsius. Make sure you're drinking Celsius. Make it your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. And folks, uh, Matt's talking about Pewter picks and props that's his exclusive video that comes out exclusively on pewter report tv here on youtube each friday so you have plenty of time to watch it before the saturday college games and before the sunday and the monday night games for the pros so make sure you check out pewter picks and props uh, several thousand people have already watched it and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they want some money and speaking of pewter reports appreciate that super chat there from kyle dugan you can't kyle lose dugan. I have a hunch, bet a bunch. I love it. We've love got uh, we got a great show tomorrow here on the Peter Report podcast. We're going to promo that right now. That is the Bucks versus Saints preview, and you can check that out at four o'clock Eastern time. So make sure that you are tuned into that. And uh, that's Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike yep. Evans rounds. What is this round seven between those guys? Probably round eight. I can watch um, them go all day, though. I know. You know? Yeah. I love the blood. It's like a prize fight. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it and is. Uh, speaking of uh, Bucks and Saints, make sure that you are tuning into Pewter Game Day, where Matt will return this week for Pewter Game Day, a live pregame show at noon on Sunday, live in-game analysis at 1 o'clock on, on uh, Pewter Report TV. Yeah. So just stay tuned right from the pregame show. Pewter Game Day goes right into the in-game analysis show at 1 o'clock for Bucks and Saints. The best part about Monday Night Football is it's already Tuesday, and we're already that much closer to the next game. This isn't a Monday, folks. This yeah. is this is a Tuesday. It's not a victory Tuesday, but it's cool because we're we're inching closer to a, a very big Bucks game that I, I think is going to tell a lot more about this team than the Eagles game did last night. Yeah, I, I think there's no question about it because the Saints clearly have their flaws. I mean, they don't even know who's going to be their quarterback just yet this week. So um, a, a lot of questions with the Saints. I think, again, it's going to be a battle of two – Really, really solid defenses, but we got a, a great super chat from Adam Hamilton. Thank you, Adam, for the nine ninety nine super chat. Who says, "What would happen if Yaya Diaby went to a a bodega to buy a Celsius?" 
and Willington Prevalon is working behind the counter. You would say, hello, good fellow, come in and grab a Celsius from my bodega. And Yaya would be like, I am Yaya Diaby. Do you have a Celsius in your bodega? Uh, I like this, though. Keep upping the ante every time with, like, another... uh... <laughs> another scenario, another <laughs> player stuff. that we get in the mix, You Peter but... people are just awesome. Win or lose, you guys are great. You know, th- just hang on, folks. We're only three weeks into the season. Like, just just chill. Just readjust your expectations a little bit. Enjoy the season. They're gonna win again. They're gonna lose again. That, that's that's how the season's gonna go. It could be worse. Do you remember the two and fourteen Lovey Smith season? Do you remember the the four and twelve Greg Shiano season before that? You remember Raheem Morris's three and thirteen? Okay, well, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> yeah. no, it's just not. <laughs> so I, I just got back from Kansas. Um, one of the funniest T-shirts, I, I get this out there, which is Ed Astra per Aspera. That's the, the Kansas State motto, which means to the stars through hardship. Right? A little Latin in there. But there's another really cool shirt that I, I'm, I'm going to get the next time I'm out there that says, Kansas, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it, it's not great. I'm, it's why I'm in Florida. I've been in Florida for 28 years because Kansas isn't great, but it's not that bad. So the, these bucks are not that bad, folks. They're, they're going to be good this year. I don't think they're going to be great, but they're going to be good. So just enjoy the ride. Let's see what happens. Got another uh, super chat from Thomas Pelicudis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but thank you for the $5 super chat, Thomas, who says, Great job, guys. Like usual, just want to say, even though they lost, it's one game, still yep. two and one. Learn from this and on to the next one. Yeah, yep. I think it goes hand in hand with exactly what Scott was just saying. It's not that bad. The yes. Eagles are a really good team. They yes. just went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. This was expected in that game. And I thought Todd Bowles kind of summed it up well. It was one of the last questions he answered about uh, during today's uh, Zoom press conference. Yeah. We're talking about this next matchup before the bye. And he said, if we win, if we're three and one going into the bye week, nobody's going to be crying about it. <laughs> like, right. You'd be more than <laughs> thrilled right. if the if the Bucs are yeah. three and one going into that bye week. Not to mention beating the Saints. You'd already have a game up on them, them yeah. in this battle for the NFC South. And if the Bucs want to mess around and maybe get into the wild card, I mean, they've only played all NFC teams right. this year, but already having a three and one record against the NFC yes. Great helps point. with the tiebreakers as well. It does. So it it, does. It's not all bad for the Bucks. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I I'll say this here. Here's the difference between three and one and two and two and why it's so important. And listen, I'm not disappointed. The Bucks lost last night. It's disappointing. They didn't do more in terms of offense and all that, but listen, I'm going to give the Eagles props as Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield did. Right. But here's where the difference between three and one is. And uh, here's a, a super chat from Robert Jackson. $2. Yeah. Hey, we didn't get score, 70 exactly. points scored on us. That's true. That, that's exactly. a fact. But at three and one, you have to lose three consecutive games to be below 500. Okay. So think about that, right? Three and one, you lose one, you're three and two. You lose another, you're at three and three. You have to lose three in a row to get below 500. And remember, last year, this team started off two and two, Matt. And they were just hovering around or below or just above 500 the entire season. It was up, down, up, down, but hovering right around 500. And where do they end up? In week 18, they had a chance to either finish nine and eight yeah. or eight and nine, right? And that was that was the way it was the entire season. So you get up to a three and one start. 
you really got to go into a slump before you're underwater. Now, if you're two and two, right, if you lose to the Saints, you're one game away, one game from being under. And then you're really kind of riding that wave. You know, you're, you're surfacing above the water, then you're sucked down below. And, and then it's more like last year. So that's my concern or fear for the Buccaneers. If they don't win this game, they're going to be down in the division. They're going to be at 500. They're going to have a bye week and then a, a pretty decent Lions team coming to, to Raymond James Stadium. And that's going to be a real heavyweight fight, I think. Oh. You there? Matt, you there? Yeah. I don't know if you froze up or I froze up. Okay. Either way, uh, all I was going to say is it would hurt losing the Saints even more with that bye week the next week because you're just – you're just thinking about it. You're stewing over it yeah. for a whole week. And then, as you said, playing a pretty good Lions team. Maybe they'll need that cream school jersey for that little extra juice that uh, Baker right. Mayfield keeps talking about. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, another thing, too, uh, and actually this is Callie Buck saying, can we get subscription badges and emotes, uh, $3, $5 a month? Yeah, we're actually looking into that. So we know that that you guys uh, – uh, bestow us with a lot of great super chats yeah. and we are going to be offering a subscription service on Peter reports uh, TV as well. Um, not for everybody. That's fine. Uh, we'll have probably some premium content at some point in time, but still a lot of great free content as well. We want to, um, you know, be as we want to reach as many pewter people as we can, but also we know that we've got some big time supporters out there. And we want to, to, uh, you know, give you guys some extra content for, um, you know, for, for bestowing us with all your, your great super chats. So, yeah, that's in the works. That's that's coming up. Um, Dirty Red. Is this Ryan Jensen? Is this your your burner YouTube <laughs> account here? We miss Jensen so bad. We need ass kickers in the trenches. Yes, I was just thinking that last night as well. Um, that that's the missing ingredient on both sides of the defensive line is really that that bully that that take no prisoners mentality. Matt, I, I think that that's a missing ingredient. Um, on both sides of the line. And you really can't be that guy unless you're a really good established player. And I don't know that it's in Tristan Wirf's nature. He's more like right. Paul Gruber, you know, than he is Ryan Jensen. He's more like Ali Marpet, right? Mm -hmm. Than he is Ryan Jensen. And I, I just don't see the ass kicker that you need in, in the trenches. And I think that that might be what holds this team back from to get to the playoff doing anything there. We'll see. And I'm not exactly sure how the Bucks find it either, because like, let's remember Luke Gettigy's nickname coming out of central Michigan was the glass eater. I mean, yeah. if that's not like an attitude in your face type of guy, well then you need yeah. a completely different nickname. And you want to talk about badassery. I mean, Cody Mouk doesn't have front teeth. He plays right. with a cap <laughs> yeah. with his front teeth. So yeah, I don't know. They tried to, they tried to fit the mold. It just, the billing hasn't uh, totally come up just yet yep uh what is dennis's injury servacia dennis is a hamstring injury so yeah. that's you know if it's a bad one at, you're talking probably four weeks he's already missed a couple games now well, he's missed three so mm -hmm. he has yet to suit up in an nfl game uh, for real he played in uh what one preseason game yeah yeah played in one yeah, so that was one. the steelers game yeah so yeah he, he's been disappointing from that aspect as well right then you look at, at carlton davis and jamel dean and you know D Delaney got nicked up a little bit. Um, but I'll tell you what, if D Delaney can go, I would not mind seeing more D Delaney because if you go back to that Jets game in the preseason, uh, you know, he, he made a great play last night on, on Devonta Smith with the, that interception. Something about this guy, like he's, 
he's got some energy. He's a real heady player, as Todd Bowles likes to say. Um, but against the Saints, right, you'd like to have your full complement of starters uh, out there. But if I'm being real, Jamel Dean just hasn't played well this year. And, you know, I you go back to when he was healthy against the Vikings, right, and, and the Bears, he just didn't didn't play well. And I'm yeah. not sure what the situation is there with, with, with Jamel. If he's dealing with a little nagging injury that they haven't reported, Sometimes that happens, right? It's like uh, if if a player goes out there and practices, like remember Cam Brate several years ago, Matt was playing with a torn labrum in his hip. Yeah, the entire season, and he was never on the injury report because he never missed a practice, right? Yeah, but he was not the same Cam Brate because of that injury. So I, I want to know what's happening with Jamel Dean because he does not look like the same guy that he was last year. And that's a scary, scary thought for the Bucs to not have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. I understand injuries happen, but you both invested a lot of money in in these top two corners. And if they're not available, I mean, you kind of built a section of your defense around yeah. having these two players be the focal point. And yes, it is next man up. And there's a lot of intrigue and excitement about Zion McCollum as, as a every game starter. But I don't think everyone wanted that just yet. Steve Delaney might have to, you know, put on a cape and and be a superhero for uh, for the Bucks in that situation, or maybe it's Pitts. But it's a it's a tough situation for the Bucks, especially if it happens this week. I know the Saints' offense has not done well, but Chris Olave yeah. has been really, really impressive. And mm -hmm. Michael Thomas isn't the same guy that he was years ago. Yeah, but if you're going up against a fourth string yeah. cornerback, yeah. And uh, I, I, I like this. This, this. this to me is kind of spot on a little bit here, you know? Yeah. JNav33 says D Delaney giving me Keith Tandy underdog vibes. Yeah. Yeah. You I think there's something to it. You don't want him as a starter, right? <laughs> All the time, but he's a guy that can come in and make, make a, a big play or two, make a splash play. You go back to that Jets game. He had a, a, a daring interception, what, around the end zone or near the, the goal line and then yeah. had another interception too. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, if, if they have to play him, I'm all for it. I just hope he's, he's well enough, right, to, to you know, to see some action there. Um, we have another super chat here. Let's get to that. Oh, Salty Buccaneer with yeah. the uh, 499 super chat. Thank you, Salty. Says, we win if the refs call a Mylata for uh, the holding or choke, as he says, yeah. uh, and or the false starts on Lane Johnson. Both gave Hurts those extended plays for TD's first downs. It's funny. Um Todd Bowles got asked about that from Greg Allman today about <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the, the false starts that ha hasn't been calling. And Todd yeah. had close to one of his patented laughs when he yeah. doesn't want to say something that he's really thinking. Right. And then just said, I'll let the league handle it. And yeah. you know, it is becoming a problem because yeah. the worst thing that happened for the NFL in this case is that it happened in the first game of the season to yeah. open up the year with uh, the Chiefs and the Lions. So everybody saw that and started yeah, pointing out right away, and then it happened again on Monday Night Football, where a lot of people. So yeah, it's becoming more and more of an issue, mm -hmm. and I just can't wait until the TJ Watts and the Bosa's, yeah. the Miles well, Garrett starts. Here's the crap thing: the crap thing is, is what's going to happen is Shaq Barrett is going to time his jump perfectly, right, perfectly, yeah. and get a sack, and they're going to call him for offsides, even though you know he's. If you go back and replay it at like slow down speed, right? Yeah. But to the naked eye, it's such a good jump that he's going to get flagged for being offsides or lining up the neutral zone or whatever, right? Um, and, and that's going to happen because it's happened before. 
Mm-hmm. But these guys that literally kick step twice before the ball is snapped, it's still on the ground. It's ridiculous. It's it's wrong. It's a penalty. Call it. You know, and 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 I'm telling you what, that's one area where uh, I know Tony Dungy was cool, calm, and and collected, and Todd Bowles is kind of even keel. Yeah, and and I really appreciate animated coaches because when I was in Pop Warner, I was a lot more like Bruce Arians and John Gruden. <laughs> I was the fire starter on the sidelines because uh, that kind of stuff is is ridiculous. And I think Bowles needs to go nuts and point that out to the officials because you see it all the time with yeah. receivers, right? They'll sit there and, and do this exactly. enough, and they'll get the pass interference call, you know. And I remember, you know, a lot of times when when my guys were were, were holding and right, and I mean. We're talking Pop Warner here, but I mean, they sure. hold it at all levels, Matt. Right. Where I would sit there and scream at the kids, you know, right in front of the officials. I can't say anything to the officials because I get tossed, right? Yeah, yeah. Or we get unsportsmanlike conduct on our bench. But I sit there and say, you know, like, Alex, I know they're holding you. I see it too. Every play, 74 is holding you. Yeah, but yeah. you got to fight through it, Alex. And I'm right in the ref's ear. And then sure enough, the next play, there's a flag, right? So whatever Bowles has to do, he yeah. needs to stick up for his players and say, that's BS. You need to call that. No one could work the refs like Bruce Arians did. I mean, yes. it was an art form to see him get red in the <laughs> yes. face and screaming um, at the referees. But to your point, it's shocking that the refs wouldn't call it because we've seen plenty of games. And yeah. I think the Thursday night game between the, the Giants and the 49ers is a good example to those that watch that game where the refs will throw a ton of penalties to the point yeah. where it feels like a third down. If it's an incompletion, you're waiting for the pass interference penalty. So yeah. it's not like the refs are like, oh, we just want to let them play. No, we've seen NFL refs take over games before. And That's the right. They're yeah. not calling it there. I understand Todd Bowles being even keel about everything. Mm-hmm. But I think if Todd Bowles, well, people all of a sudden gets animated, even the refs would be like, oh, my God, like he's yeah. he's going crazy over yeah. this. Occasionally, you got to – Travis Kelsey says it all the time. He's in the news every day now because yeah. Taylor Swift. But he says, fight for your right, the Beastie Boys things. He always gets right. to the mic and say it. You got to fight for some of those penalties, That's too, right. or some of your calls. And uh, we didn't see that on Monday. Yeah. As Callie Buck says, yes, you need to beg refs for flags. It works sometimes. And it doesn't hurt to try. I mean, that's the whole thing. It doesn't. Just like it doesn't hurt when you are looking for real estate to call in the professionals, right? When you're looking to build a team, right, and you want to buy or sell a house, in the state of Florida, or even if you're, you know, outside the market and you want to move into the state of Florida, but you want to sell your house out of state. Well, the guy that can help you with that is Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group. He is the pro bowler that we know. He is the official realtor of Pewter Report. And the Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. And they've got experience in all different kinds of situations. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and Tampa Bay fan. He's a Tampa native, so he knows this area exceptionally well. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. With the strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. And I'm going to say this right now. Uh, Eric wants to get to know you, Peter, people. He is, he's got a creamsicle jersey giveaway promotion you pick the jersey you pick the size and all you have to do is follow the eric gross group on either facebook or instagram it's at eric gross group it's easy to find and like one of the posts comment and when you comment put pewter report that's all you do like 
put the comment Peter report and then share it. And he will pick a winner from the pool that have partaked in this exercise to get a cream sickle Jersey just in time for that lions game. So the winner is going to be drawn October 14th, 2023. It's coming up. So all you have to do is go to Eric gross group, their Facebook page, their Instagram page and like comment, or share it. And when you do comment, mention Peter report. And that way he'll know that you are responding to this cream sickle Jersey giveaway. And it's a great way to get to know Eric. He wants to get to know you. Eric Gross, the Eric Gross Group, fantastic people. Make sure that you're visiting their website, housesinfla.com. Check out his real estate inventory and uh, housesinfla.com. It's a great website. Eric Gross, the official realtor of Peter Report. Who wouldn't want a free creamsicle jersey? That sounds like the best possible deal to do. So uh, definitely make sure you check that out. Oh, man, we covered a lot in this show already. Yeah. I'm ready to move on to uh, yep. Bucks versus Saints. I, I think that's kind of the move. Um, oh, Malcolm mentioning the Rondé Barber uh, ring celebration. Yep. That was awesome. That was one of the few bright spots uh, yeah. of the game itself. Rondé taking one more shot at Eagles fans, which was, uh, which was nice. Yeah, and if you missed it, what he said was, I just want to thank all the Eagles fans for coming down from Philly to help me celebrate my Hall of Fame induction, right? Yeah. Just a fantastic way to stick it to the Philly fans one more time. And yeah, the the scoreboard didn't uh, wind up in the Bucks' favor last night, but it certainly did in 2002 when it de- when they denied the Eagles a chance to go to the Super Bowl and the Bucks won their first Super Bowl before the Eagles did. Matter of fact, the yeah. the Bucks have two Super Bowl rings, Matt. And if I can count to one correctly, that means the Eagles only have one Super Bowl ring. That is correct. Yeah. There you go. Uh, speaking of two, like the number of Super Bowls that the Bucks have, which is more than the Eagles, uh, meets McGee with a $2 Super Chat, who says, so you're saying we're missing Jensen and Sue. Yes, you're also missing, I'm talking attitude-wise, not yeah. talent-wise, JPP as yeah. well. You're mm-hmm. definitely missing that type of attitude. Um, yeah, a couple of those guys would be perfect in the locker room right now. Whether old, it's man old, Warren Sapp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. old man Warren Sapp. Yeah, old man Warren Sapp. Hardy Nickerson. I mean, obviously, there's the rumors and stuff that Warren Sapp's going to go to Colorado with yeah. uh, with Deion Sanders, but uh, I don't think as an assistant coach would it, or not even assistant coach, just come in, fire the group up, and then and then get out. I don't think that'd be the worst idea. Yeah, I agree. Um, I re- I'm really not at liberty to say. Yeah, um, I know. But, I yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like in a yeah, no, I I'm all in favor of it. No, I'd like, lo- in an alternate universe with different parallels, yes. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Devin Oops, G. There you go. With a uh, 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Devin, who says, do the Bucks address the running back room this season if Rashad White doesn't pick it up soon? That's a really good question. Because, like, how much time do you give Rashad before you're yeah. like, this ain't working. We got to try something out else yeah. out. Because there was a, for a bit, obviously, when Nick Chubb got hurt, everyone was like, Here's all the available free agent running backs that you could right. go for. And Kareem Hunt was one of the top guys who obviously signed with the Browns. Yeah. As the season goes on, there's less and less options. And they've shown already that they don't trust Sean Tucker, yeah. at least just yet. So hey, it's, it's a really fair question. It's a good question. People want to come down on Jason Light for his drafts and all that. And, uh, you know, I still think it's, it's a little too early to make some determinations on some guys, but I think historically you can look back and the position he's absolutely whiffed on is the running back position, right? Yeah. Jeremy McNichols, 
Keyshawn Vaughn, Charles Sims. We'll see about Rashad White, Ronald Jones. It, it hadn't been pretty, folks. It, it has not been pretty. Resigning Doug Martin to a massive contract only to have him get suspended and just not be that guy again. You know, it, it has been a position of just about futility. I mean, I think his only saving grace was was getting Leonard Fournette, who almost like moped his way off the team. Yeah. If not for Ronald Jones getting COVID and uh, during that Super Bowl run and and Leonard Fournette having an opportunity and then shining and becoming playoff Lenny and then Lombardi Lenny, you know, I don't think they bring Leonard Fournette back, though. I, I don't. No, I, I don't think yeah. they should bring him back. I also yeah. just do want to reiterate again that it is three games and there is a lot of room for improvement for uh, Rashad yeah. White, especially if you want to pick him in underdog fantasy. I actually picked him this week to have less than uh, 38 and a half rushing yards, which he did hit. So if you want to know more about uh, underdog fantasy and their pick em games, uh, it's one of the funnest fantasy uh, events you could do, especially in football. Um, you make at least two picks, so you got to pick one player from each team, and you're just picking on their stats, higher or lower of passing yards for quarterbacks or rushing yards for running backs and so on and so forth as the uh, as the video explains. And the more bets you make, the higher amount of money that you can win because it doubles, triples, and quadruples uh, the amount of money you can win. You can also do insurance with your pick So say you make four picks and you only hit three or three of the four. If you do that insurance – you'll still walk away with money versus going for all four, hitting three of the four, and you don't win. But Underdog Fantasy, there's so many fun, uh, different events you could do. So use the promo code Pewter, get a deposit bonus, start playing the Pick'ems, do the Rivals. Uh, they got a lot of in-season pool pools as well. So Underdog Fantasy, use that promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. I'm seeing some of these comments here. Bring Ernest Graham out of retirement. He would thrive in the Bucks' run-blocking scheme since he was a one-cut back <laughs> and was decisive when hitting the hole. He Ernest is about 10 years younger than me, so he's in his 40s, and I don't think he wants any part of football anymore. <laughs> you have Jacquez Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> All these old running backs, you know. Oh, um, the offensive line is more of, of the problem than Rashad White. Not much room for, for him to run. You know, one thing Todd Bowles did say in his morning press conference this morning, Matt, uh, you're on there for it as well, is is that he 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 was trying to hit the home run too much and trying yeah. to to really look for daylight. And sometimes you just got to plow ahead and be a big boy and and get two or three yards and and not get tackled for loss or no gain. And um and and I just think he's doing too much thinking and looking and not much reading and running. And I think you just got to, you know, and, and and it stinks too, because there was one play I remember, and I can't remember uh, exactly what, what frame it was. And I was watching the game again, but I mean, there's a, there's green grass to the right and he just runs to the left. It just made a bad cut, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes that's going to happen. No back is a hundred percent in terms of picking their holes, but sure. But, uh, he yeah, did he, that on a he did that on a pitch to the outside too, yeah. where like he had room, and if he would have just kept running, it yes, wouldn't have been like a yes. twenty yard gain, but it would have right. got it up more towards the field. But especially when you go to the outside, you start dancing or trying to, you know, cut back. Everyone's chasing you from one angle in the first place, so you're going back into the <laughs> angle that everyone is kind of pursuing you after. And so yeah, would have loved for him just to keep running to the outside, keep hitting that hole, and if it's a six yard gain, fine. But it's better yeah. than just getting back to the line of scrimmage or a yard. Exactly. Mike Allstott was in the house last night, along with Tony Dungy and Warren yeah. Sapp there for Rondé Barber. 
Uh, Allstott probably wanted to suit up last night. <laughs> probably. He probably could have scored um, from the one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mike, Mike still, he's, he's not the 240 pound guy that he was. He's leaned down, but he still looks like he's in really, really good shape. So um, I, I think, you know, Hey, <laughs> if, if I needed a yard, I would, I would talk to, you know, 40 year old. Well, actually, let's see, I'm 51. I, he's probably 49 or 50. I would, I would trust 50 year old Mike Allstott to get a yard in this day and age. I, I probably could. Michael Pittman probably still in shape. Exactly. Folks, we have, uh, we've turned the page officially now. No more Eagles talk. Um, we didn't want to like jam pack this show full of saints talk for one big reason. And that reason is tomorrow at four o'clock folks. That reason is our Bucks Saints preview. And there's Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans getting ready to duke it out again. Hopefully, Mike doesn't get suspended this time. That kind of hurt the Bucks last year. But um, Mike Evans is on pace for 17 touchdowns this year, Matt. Yes, Chris Goblin's on pace for none. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give. We'll talk more Bucks and Saints tomorrow. Uh, it's already Wednesday. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm excited for this game. And uh, I, I think that this game I'm more excited about than I was even Bucks and Eagles. I was curious about the Bucks, how they were going to match up against the Eagles. I think the Bucks and Saints are kind of on par. I think I think yeah. these two teams are kind of equal. You look statistically speaking. We'll get into more of this tomorrow. You look at the the scoring um, offenses for both teams. It's is nothing to really write home about. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers averaging 19.3. Uh, yard i'm sorry points per game and new orleans is averaging 17.7 and that's the scoring defense then when you've got scoring offense i'm sorry i take that back that was that was the offense scoring defense the bucks are 19.7 and the saints are 16.7 so two really evenly matched teams in terms of not scoring a whole bunch not giving up a whole bunch either so something's got to give if you're thinking like me, and, and I want to put words in your mouth, Matt, but I mean, I'm thinking 2017, right? I'm thinking 17, 14, yeah. somewhere in that range. I'm, this I'm is going to be close. I'm thinking it's this is one of those uh, coin flip games for the Bucks yeah. that we talked about. That you really wouldn't be shocked either way with uh, who won it, but do expect it to be close. So uh, we'll get into that a lot more in tomorrow's show. In the meantime, please follow us on all of our social media on X Threads. Facebook and Instagram, we are at Peter Report. And then our YouTube channel, which you're watching right now, is Peter Report TV, where we have the podcast. We have different videos from press conferences and post-game stuff that you can see all on our YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button. We'd really um, appreciate that. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for us. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of Thank you for the last Super Chat, Salty Buccaneers, yep. as Saints starting James advantage Chris Izian. But until tomorrow, thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m., for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Bring on the Saints.